What's up, basketball fans? My name is Jason Martin, here with my boy Andy Cordell, and this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. This is part three of our NBA 2022-2023 NBA season preview. Did I just say NBA twice? I don't know. Maybe. Mm, We're mm. doing a podcast. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what an intro, Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. <laughs> the energy is in a weird place right now. Uh, I, Andy's drinking a White Claw. I'm drinking something, some pineapple beer. I don't know. <laughs> Man, it's a weird spot. Yeah, definitely a weird spot to be in. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the I think this is the fun part of the NBA season preview. You know, the other two are a little bit more serious, really diving into the team previews in each conference. But for this one, we're we're just gonna kind of bullshit talk about all of the what we deem like burning questions: who's gonna win all of the different awards? Who's gonna be the scoring champion? Um, who's the most overrated team? Who's the most underrated team? Uh, a whole variety uh, of different questions here to dive into, um, and then at the end of a, uh, at the end of the podcast here with the NBA tipping off tomorrow, we have two games: the the Sixers and the Celtics, and then the Warriors and the Lakers. We'll be making our picks for who will win those games, as well as start tracking those uh, throughout the throughout each month, maybe, and then we'll see who wins, and we can kind of just keep a tally for for pride's sake of who's better at making NBA games (laughs) um but uh let's just dive right into it who's uh who's your MVP pick Andy uh I'm going Luca this year going chalk Um, picking the favorites yeah well it's just like the thing is it's it really set up for him perfectly you know what I'm saying? Like the West got so much stronger. If he's able to keep his team afloat and even be like a middle of the pack seed, like that in itself is enough, I think, for him to get his first MVP. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's know. fair. Like we talked about it on the podcast before, right? Yep. No, the supporting cast is different. I got uh, Embiid for kind of a similar reason. Very good pick. Uh, I feel like he was there. He was right there, second place last year. You could argue. I don't. I mean, I think Jokic was a deserving winner, but you could argue a case for Embiid uh, last right. year. And this year, I think he's coming back, knowing that he was the second best center in the league with a fire under him, with a better supporting cast, um, and hopefully more team success. And that'll vault him into the the true MVP conversation this year. But he was my second pick for MVP. So like right on the same page, he's he's the perfect story in the East as well. You know, yeah, everything ramping up. Who who? I guess I didn't plan on doing this, but like, who is your dark horse pick? If you had to pick someone like who's probably not on the radar, like I, we were just talking about a few minutes ago, there's there's kind of a group of guys, the five or oh, six yeah, guys yeah. that are the, that are really in the real conversation. But who's someone you think could come out of nowhere? Davis and be in the conversation. Who was that? Davis? Anthony Davis. Ooh. Like if you're talking happy, dark, you're talking about dark horse, like no light shining, like Anthony Davis. Nobody's talking about him. He's coming back. He's going to have a revenge tour. If he's healthy, warranted, literally nobody can stop him. So it's just kind of like, oh, hey, let me take back the crown of the West for a second, you know, because he did win a chip. We got to put some respect on his name. Let's see a fully healthy season. And if he does, he could put some crazy numbers up. That'd be wild. It would. It would be wild. But I see a world where it happens. My dark horse, not even a dark horse, like wild long shot pick, Zion. Oh, yeah. That's that's a great one, too. Yeah, because, I mean, he, he I think he gets all the credit if the Pelicans, if he, obviously if he's playing well, plays enough games, stays healthy, you know, he gets all the credit if the Pelicans vault up into that next tier of the West. Um but I, I don't know. I do think there's going to be an overcorrection. The last couple of years, like the the winning or best team in the in the conferences didn't have the MVP. And I kind of think that's going to correct itself this year. And we'll see one of the top one or two teams have the MVP. I have a question. I have a question. Do you think Zion has a chance if Brandon Ingram still plays at the level he does, right? Because like it's always kind of a thing with like MVPs. It's like if you have like 
two good, three good players, like all-star players, like sometimes the MVP doesn't get split around. But do you think Zion has a case to make it even with B.I. playing that well? I mean, it's tough. Like that's that's definitely the the argument against him, right? Mm-hmm. Is there's too many hands trying to trying to score the ball. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. I don't I don't even think I don't think Brandon Ingram has to take a step back for Zion to win it. That's how I'll phrase it. Oh, okay, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, right. I I think honestly it, he would be Zion would be taking more of those shots from CJ and CJ would be pick, mm-hmm. playing more of a playmaker role. Um, let's see. Who do you have uh, for defensive player of the year? Uh, defensive player of the year, I have Bam. Out of bio, I do as well. Hey, first you know one. He's we, didn't, we didn't discuss it all. If uh, no, who, we don't know if we're gonna fire off the same name. But right. let's talk about it, dude. Why do you like Bam? Um, not to toot his own horn, but like. Yeah, he is one of the few players that really can guard one through five. And like, there's players that can pseudo do that, right? We're talking like big men that can kind of hold their own for a second. Like, believe it or not, Gobert at times on the perimeter can handle his own. But we're talking about consistently, like all 48 minutes, if you're running through pick and rolls, like Bam is such a good help defender as well as a pretty decent on-ball defender. His size, everything, it just looks perfect. I think in the East, too, because Miami hasn't gotten any significant pieces, right? If he steps up defensively and anchors the defense more, it's going to show, it's going to like stand out a lot more, in my opinion, for someone that was once a contender, I still think is kind of a dark horse contender. No, I totally see that. And, and one thing that um, I've heard a lot of like media people say with, with defensive awards is that um, a lot of times they're a year behind you know, in their recognition. Um, it's like, like with McCall Bridges last year, he probably should have had it more the year before, right? That recognition. Um, but Bam kind of got that all defensive team last year. So I think now he's on the radar for really on the radar for defensive play of the year. And people are going to be keeping an eye on Miami heat's team defensive stats and making the case for him from the beginning of the season. So I think it's just absolutely it's a safer bet too. And I, mm-hmm. I, there's probably some, um, what do you call it? Um, voter fatigue with Gobert. That's the only reason I go against him. It's been like how many? Well, other than Marcus, it, it was like at one point he won like three in a row, right? I think he won three in a row. I think he won three yeah. out of the last four years. I want to say. Yeah, it was just Something because Marcus crazy like that. that. That was like the only reason last year. Like other than that, it's been Gobert like for a long time. I could see voter fatigue for sure. Yeah, especially because he just switched teams. So there's kind of a new narrative around Gobert. Like he could he could totally win another one. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. All right, let's do <coughs> rookie of the year. I feel like we're gonna have the same one. We we both know it's gonna be Keegan Murray. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah. What are we smoking here, man? Like this is a perfect opportunity, Sacramento. And this is why I have Sacramento higher than Portland from our last video. Is just I really feel like he's been kind of that one of those missing pieces. Like, and I know he's like going to be a rookie, but he has just the perfect offensive set to compliment, you know, De'Aaron Fox as well as Damanis uh, Savonis. And I think it's just like that perfect feel that he's going to have to try to get, but he'll have the most opportunity, you know, in terms of like being in the flow of the offense and the defense. I feel like compared yeah, to other I think rookies. there's there's an argument to be made that Paolo has more opportunity, but with the way France has played, I've kind of gone away from the idea that he's going to be handling the ball as much. And I think Keegan, Keegan honestly could emerge as a second option if Sabonis becomes more of a tertiary option. I, I'm throwing that out there, but like that, I think that that's a slim chance. But like, there's a world where that happens. There is a world. Hey, Demontis as your third. That's pretty damn that, that, good. Like, that's man. A, now that's a really good team. You know, yeah. I feel a lot if they yeah. are able to to shift and Keegan Murray is like a eighteen to twenty point per game guy right away. Ooh. Like Oof. that's I'm I'm the, now I'm turning around and I'm shifting. The Kings are I'm with you on the Kings then if that's the case. Yeah. Also, the other thing too that I did want to mention is like I think the pieces that have gone to Sacramento. I think Malik Monk, for example, is like a huge he pickup was good for last them. Year. And not only did he have a good year. But it's like, dude, Keegan is such a good run and gun player. Like, he's good on the fast break, right? Like, and, you know, I know Sabonis is probably the only kind of factor that doesn't fit into the mold. But if you put Keegan in, 
even with the second unit with Malik Monk, people running and gunning, he kind of um, like he's kind of immerses very well in both units, I think, which will give him and bolster his case to like win rookie of the year too. If he does no, do well, I, I, in both I like roles. it, dude. I like it because yeah. he, yeah, he can totally play. I think he can play with like a De'Aaron Fox who's going to push the ball in the starting lineup yep. too. Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and he's able to, I, I, I don't know. I honestly, I would be kind of bullshitting if I uh, said I knew how he was as a playmaker, Keegan Murray. But like, I think there's, there's some potential for him to get like two, three assists a game as well on this team. So I like, I, I'm, if I had to predict stats, you know, 18, mm-hmm. six and three. And that sounds like a rookie of the year, unless Paolo gets 20 a game. Like, because team success doesn't matter for rookie of the year. I just, Mm-mm. I don't know. They just got to show out. Least. No, yeah, just, it's just they just got to show stats. out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Keegan's definitely got a chance. I think Paulo would be my second if I had to choose, right. but yeah. All right, we're two for three. We picked the same one on two of the awards. Let's uh, hit yeah. me with your sixth man of the year. See if we can go three for four. <sighs> okay. It's going to be a boring answer, but I think it's going to be Jordan Poole. You son of a bitch, man. All right, what? I'm changing we- mine. I'm changing mine because... I was so close. I'm so close to picking Jordan Poole, or I had to not picking Jordan Poole. Mm. So I'm switching it, and I'm gonna go Norman okay. Powell. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Give me your uh, your pool reasoning, and then I'll give you my norm reasoning. I mean, man, contract Here's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Yeah, contract punch in the face. He's gonna see some baddies on the court. He's gonna get PTSD. And he's gonna drop forty. Like it's just gonna happen. It's just maybe Curry I don't know. comes out. Yeah, no, no, for real though. Because I mean, dude, it's just like they're proven champions. And I, I'm not gonna. The one thing about Golden State, how I feel, is like they truly empower their players in their role. You know, like no, everybody. Look, yeah, and. And like the players too, like the players, like for example, I was reading something like maybe a couple days ago on Twitter talking about how much the Warriors just love Kevin Looney, right? To the average NBA player, people don't really see the hype of Looney, but to the teammates, it's like they appreciate what they do, like their role and they're pretty selfless. I think Jordan now getting his bag, winning a championship, he's going to come out with some swagger. You know, I think people just kind of took it as, oh, he, you know, he's a very big piece to Golden State, but it's like the big three. It's like, no, I think Jordan's going to try to take it this year and be like, no, I'm a huge part of the reason why Golden State is like looking towards the future. Yeah. And there's a chance like that there is some rest for Curry throughout the season and he gets like some spot starting minutes. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out to pad the stats a little bit. Um, for Norm, my case is kind of similar to that. I think he's going to be the primary guy for the Lakers, or Lakers, uh, Los Angeles. I Clippers. wish, I oh, wish. Oh my god! Don't even oh get me started. God. Don't even get me started. I just lost my whole train of thought, dude. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Uh, Norman Powell, holy shit! I wish he was on the Lakers. I know, um, dude. He'd be so nice on the Lakers. Well, you know what team he'd also be really nice on? The Blazers. It would be crazy if he was on there. If he was, you know, once on the. Blazers. I knew you were gonna do that. I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> Don't need to be an ass. <laughs> but alas, he's on the Clippers. <laughs> yes, alas, he's on the. Clippers. And he's in a position where, like, just like I was saying about Curry, like, and we said it in the uh, the previous podcast as well. Kawhi is probably gonna rest fifteen to twenty games this year. Yeah, That's fifteen to twenty games yeah. where Norm Powell probably gets thirty minutes. I don't know if he starts just because. The Clippers are insanely deep, but he's he's going to get so many chances, and I, he's a really good NBA player, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Like he had he had really great seasons with with Toronto, uh, really good in their playoff run uh, in some in some games, and I don't know, he's just kind of a dog. He went to UCLA, so I always root for him. And yeah, Norm Powell, six man, calling it now. Nice, I like that pick, dude. That's a pick that I don't think anybody would have picked. You know what I mean? Super I don't good. know where he is on the Vegas odds. I should probably look at it. Yeah, check it I'll out, dude. If the your, odds are kind of... most imp- give me your most improved pick while I check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if if you can get crazy odds on that, Clippers, you know, are gonna have a pretty high seed this year. At least you would hope. Um. So I'm sorry. Which one did you ask for? Most improved. Uh, let's do uh, most improved next. Yeah, I got Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, man. 
You know, what's the reason I, for for Reese? <laughs> Twenty six games with the team. He showed that not only is he an elite playmaker, but believe it or not, his shot's pretty nice too. Even though shit, I wish he would fix his form. But if it works, it works. And I just think fully getting immersed in the starting role, being with guys through training camp, being with them and progressing through a whole year, I think he's going to prove that he's going to be one of the best point guards in the East, you know, within the next two to four years. Okay. I don't, I don't hate the pick, but I just, I don't see Indiana getting a lot of um, media, media attention. I know. Yeah. I know. Which is why I went with Anthony Edwards. Because he's going to get nothing but media attention. And I think he's taken that leap to where he scores like 27 points a game. During the regular season? Yeah. Regular season. Yeah. Yeah. So. 27? I I, I think he's going to score like 27 points a game. Oh my God. If he does, we have to get an Anthony Edwards jersey, dude. He's one of the jerseys I want so bad. Get it, man. Get an AliExpress one. Just get one on the cheap. On the cheap, dude, he's so sick. It's just like I don't know with all the pieces around. I don't know. It's it's not there's too many mouths to feed, but it's like I think the jump for Edwards is gonna have to be like pretty significant. Like he's gonna have to take the scoring role of the team. Like he's gonna have to take that away from Cat. I think to win Most Improved Player, and with Cat spacing now, like you know what I mean, not banging with the fives and he's with the fours now stretching the floor cat might have a crazy offensive season too. I can see it, dude. I, it's, it's tough to predict who's the, who's the like big jump on the Timberwolves, but I think Edwards is probably like the, the favorite in those odds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could believe um, it. Let's, let's jump to one. That's kind of like a, it's kind of a crapshoot to pick coach of the year, but let's try it. Right. Um, I think typically it just goes to one of the best teams, best record. And my two best record predictions, as we heard in the last couple episodes, I have the Clippers win in the West. I got the Sixers win in the East. So in my head, I'm like, I got to pick between Doc and Ty Lu. No way in fuck is Doc. Am I choosing Doc? Year. Yeah, no. It's Ty so Lu. I think Ty Lu's going <laughs> to win coach of the year. Nice. Nice. I have an underdog. I could totally see it happening. Uh, Willie Green. Ooh, New I like that Pelicans. actually if they overachieve. If they overachieve, dude, because I mean, last season we saw the passion that obviously he coached his players with coming from his former organization, right, with Phoenix, how emotional he was. But like in the most passionate way, it like got the players going. Everybody thought that they should be there, like top to bottom. You know what I mean? They made it a series for Phoenix, right? And we were all just blown away. I think it's kind of like a foreshadowing. Do you remember when Phoenix, like in the bubble, like never lost a game? And then the following season, they make the finals? I'm not saying that's a possible scenario with New Orleans, like they're going to make the finals, but I do think that push ending where they were overachieving is going to be a huge motivator for them, especially with Zion back, you know? Make the finals, Batman. Ooh. Oof, I don't know. By the way, Norman Powell is only plus 900 for six man of the year. He's like the fourth favorite. I guess I'm not as uh, underground as I thought with that pick. Damn. I know, right? Fourth? Um, but, I mean, Willie Green, huh? Hmm. They're going to get the national games. I think a lot of it comes down to the media attention for this one, too. It's like record and media attention. And honestly, how much yeah attention the team gets too. If like Zion's doing crazy shit every night and they're winning, it's like yeah, exactly. You know. If he's in the top yeah. ten plays on SportsCenter every night, then they're going to get talked about more. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, let's do scoring champion next. Not like a real official award, but definitely something that that gets talked about throughout the season. I think it's going to be Luca. Ooh. Purely because, as I talked about it, I am so down on the Mavs, like, supporting Cavs. I think Luke is going to have to do everything. And I think he probably scores, like, 31 points per game and wins it. Okay. I chose Dame to win the scoring title. Ooh, I fuck with that. That's crazy. I didn't see that coming. No, I mean, dude, he's like... 
it's so funny how like as as Portland fans, like I know you love the Lakers more, but obviously like you support Portland, you live in Portland. It's kind of like underappreciated sometimes what Damien's able to do on a nightly basis, just just absolutely scoring and torching the ball. You know, this looking year, at this right now, looking at this right now in basketball reference, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. His last fully healthy season, he was third in scoring 28 points per game. Yeah. So kind of, okay, I don't know how similar this is, but I kind of feel it with Dame too. It's like this Blazers team's like pretty young. Jeremy's probably going to be the second option, but I don't see Jeremy lighting up for like 20 plus every night. He's like, like scoring with more utility. So how I see it is Dame, if Anthony doesn't get hot or if Shaden Sharp doesn't get hot, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you put some more defensive players in like Nasir Little or Justice Winslow when he gets healthy, you know, these wings, GP2, Josh Hart. It's like, where's the ball going to be? We all know it's going to be in Dame's hands to score. We all know like, it's going to Nurk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the Bosnian beast, but please, dude, we got to free him out of Portland. No, we got we need to it's be like, freed of him. Year. Well, we'll see how it goes because you know last In healthy Nurk like fire. I did healthy. not watch any Nurk like Eurobasket highlights from a couple years ago. You think so? Remember how we were talking uh, like a couple months ago, like how they need to trade him before the draft? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we might get old Nurk back now. I'm changing my tune. I if we get old Nurk back, I'm gonna cry. The man he's, was absolutely destroyed. He's still only like 28 years old, 27, 28 years old. And I kind of forgot about that. I think it's just the injury that just scares me so much. You know what I mean? Because the drop-off was huge for we'll a season and a half. We'll you know? see, man. Because, okay, we talk about it with Clay and some of these bigger names. But coming back the second year from the injury a lot of times is like the real year back. You like know, you're indicator. You're your foot yeah. in that whole first year. and like So we may see him back like for real this year. We'll see. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Let's uh let's jump to our next topic here. And that is going to be a fun little exercise that me and Andy did, kind of just a burning question that we had building inside of us. Who are the top 50 players in the NBA? And we're not just going to read you 50 names. That's not super fun. Still thinking about how we can post these lists. I think maybe we'll just put them on our Twitter. Yeah. Um or do like tiers where we like? Oh, do we could do the tier one. list. Yeah. Have you seen the tier list maker? Put that I love TikTok. those. We do yeah, TikTok. yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So maybe we'll do something like that. Um, but for now, what what me and Andy decided to do uh, was just kind of pick three of what we deem like our most interesting rankings. Uh, so that could be anywhere. I'd say we kind of start at the top and kind of work our way down, but. Like, what is, like, I picked this guy, and it may be kind of weird why I have him here, or, like, it may not be, like, a popular opinion, or maybe I really just want to talk about this guy. Um, Anything like that. And just to kind of give you guys some background on this list, um, it's not just, like, who are the best players of all time playing this season. It's it's really ranking who are the best players going into this next NBA season. Assuming everyone's completely healthy, um accounting for potential like not a little bit but not like it's not a serious consideration it's not who's going to be the best five years from now it's like who do you think is going to be the best this season um so let's just kind of jump right into it do you want to go first or should i andy i say we well, just why don't you go swing first. back and forth here yeah yeah yeah. Picks. why don't you go first all right i put Kawhi leonard as my fifth best player and i think that's going to be a little controversial I have him over Luca, over LeBron, and over Kevin Durant. Over Jason Tatum as well. So that was uh that was six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on these picks, but I just real quick, I just and I, it's gonna be a theme. We forget about people coming back from from a, a year long injury. We forget about them when we don't see them for a year. And I think we've completely forgotten how good Kawhi is. I don't think we we're going to see him get back to 2019 where he was like truly the best player in the NBA. Um, but 
I think we're going to get right back up to that point. The only thing is the other guys have gotten better. The Giannis's, the Jokic's, the Embiid's. Those guys are better. Um, but I believe in the claw. And I, I, like I've said it a bunch of times, I think the Clippers are going to win the West regular season record this year. And we'll, we'll see what Kawhi can do stats-wise. Give me your first one. All right. At number nine, Barring injury. Yeah, Davis. that's assumed for all of these. Barring right. injury. Barring injury. Anthony Davis. I have Anthony Davis at nine. Um, it's just overwhelming how talented and technically skilled Davis is, sometimes even compared to his peers and bigs. Um, I think out of all the bigs, like... And I guess, like, you could even include, like, Bam more in this category as a Davis, right? Like, Davis is truly, like, a mobile five, prefers to play the four. I think mismatch-wise in his skill set to be able to shoot but also be a huge lob threat and a paint presence, people forget when he's healthy. I don't really know too many guys in the league that can stop him, you know? Anyone smaller than him is just not even a question. It's more truly like, all right, some of the big players like a Giannis or a Jokic trying to stop that. But offensively, I think Davis, uh, he doesn't get enough respect. I think we, you know, Laker fans included, he was kind of had an off season, right? And then injuries. But, you know, from what he's advertised on media, it seems like this boy is ready to go. And maybe this is the year that we all talk about where Anthony Davis truly takes the reign from LeBron a little bit. Right. And I, I feel like this I, I is sure the best so. season to do this is the best season to do it. The West yeah, just got so. better. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's time. It's time. Um, who did you have? You said you had him number nine. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like to add context for the audience and for me. Who was eight and who was ten? Eight is Kawhi Leonard. Okay. You don't need to dive into why, but just like real quick. Yeah. So and then know. 10 is Damian Lillard. Okay. We agree on Dame at 10, by the way. Nice. Um, I'm going to dive down into kind of this this next tier of players. Um, You can even call it a third tier because I think the top tier is really just four players. Mm. I think it's Giannis, Jokic, Curry, and Abid. After that, there's not really a best in the league conversation. Um. Mm. And then after that next tier, I'm going to kind of the tier after that. That's what I'm getting at. Mm. So all-stars, but not probably not making all-NBA teams. Oh, interesting. Okay. They totally could, but I, would, I wouldn't bet on it, right? Mm. I am going to go with Jalen Brown. I have my 20. Ooh. I think Jalen Brown is actually a top 20 player in the NBA. There was thrown around a whole bunch throughout the playoffs because he had a really, really, really good playoffs. He was like in the finals. He was the best Celtics player. Yeah. Um, it, compl- it was not Jason Tatum. Now I'm not going to overreact and put Brown over Tatum, but I do think Brown is better than guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Chris Paul and Bradley Beal and, Brandon Ingram, Bam, like there's some guys that he needs to be put over after showing out in the playoffs, showing out in the fucking NBA finals. Right. It's time for him to get the recognition like, and respect. Yeah, what, what do you, yeah. you don't need to prove it anymore. You just did it on nope. the grandest stage. And I think after this season, he probably will move into the top 12. Um, okay. Again, barring injury, but I have barring him at 20 injury. right now. I have him at 20 right now. All right. How about I go for my 20? And I'll also tell you All right. that I had Jalen Brown at 19. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So let me do my 20. Here, hold on. My 19 was Kyrie. Oh, nice. Nice. 18 Just, so we, just so we know where we're at. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because like, I think there's such little variation here but yeah, it's like we're, in the it's nice tier. to be in the ballpark yeah so my 20 is donovan mitchell um yeah Ooh. man's a fucking bucket 
He's a bucket. And oh my God. Now, hear me out. I think 20 is pretty high for Donovan right now. I think he's at a like, good spot in my list. But I think Can for I some where people... I have him? Where do you have him? 16. Ooh! Damn! Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought I was putting him a little high, but okay. I feel comfortable saying I'd probably move him up closer to where you're at, but I have to see this season how he meshes well with the Cavs. Yeah. Right? I, I had this before the Cavs yeah. trade. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, I will say, truly, how I see it too is you can't really blame Donovan moving into a situation where he has players around him, all of them, whether it's defensive, offensively, everybody knows their role, but like some people obviously excel at certain things. You have a young fucking big and Evan Mobley, everything. There's no excuse now for him not to be winning at a high level, like an extremely high level. Cause we always thought like, man, Donovan's kind of like alone a little bit out in Utah, you know? Now he moves to the Cavs. He's got all the offensive power around him. He's got defensive bigs in the back and some wings, right? Like a Coro to be able to compensate, right? With him and Garland. Like, this is like a fun opportunity for him to like move up to the upper echelon of the NBA, right? Where it's like, oh, like, oh God, we have to guard Donovan now, right? On a Cavs team that looks absolutely loaded. So that's kind of, that's kind of like my justification for it. Don't forget about his playoff performance against the Nuggets. Oh, you mean in the bubble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're still the craziest series, like, ever. Like, yeah. him and Jamal Thinking Murray. about that is insane. the reason I had him so high. Yeah. Players um, don't do that. Players don't do that. No. Um, all right. Let's see here. I think I'm going to go for my last pick here. Just because I want to highlight this guy. I'm going to go CJ McCollum. And I actually have CJ McCollum as the 35th best player in the NBA. Okay. Like the guys, other guards that I have him over, I guess, because I think that's a better way to look at it. I have him over Fred Van Vliet, Jamal Murray. I have him over. Uh, I, I shouldn't have him over Garland. That's a, that's a mistake in my list, but I do here. Um, I have him over. I definitely have him over Dejounte Murray. Have him over Drew Holiday, Shea. I think CJ McCollum's really good, like really, really good. And I remember when I was looking at it, a lot of the way the way I did a lot of this list um, stats that I was looking, I did it a lot on like one, a lot of one number stats, um, BPMs, box plus minuses, real plus minuses, um, and a lot of offensive rating because I wanted to look at offensive rating because offense is what drives a league. Right. And mm -hmm. what I would do is, is when I was trying to fill out these guards, the reason I highlight all these guards, is I started to look at them and instead of just looking at a net rating and looking at their points per game and assists per game and all that stuff, field goal percentage. I was like, let's see who's the most, most potent offensive players. And let's just see who's not negative on defense. And CJ wasn't negative on defense. Which like we we talk about him as such a horrible defensive player, you know. We like I talk shit about the Dame CJ backcourt for years. I know you did too, mm -hmm. but like he he holds his own, and now that he's playing more of a point guard role and doesn't have to worry about like chasing around the best point guards for part of the game and the best shooting guard on the team for part of the game, and just horrible matchups throughout the West. Like he can he can have some time off. Like he has the wing defenders around him, and he can focus on offense. What we saw from him in the playoffs was amazing last year what we mm -hmm. saw from him against the nuggets with the blazers in the playoffs was amazing so like he's insane a, he's a go-to clutch scorer and if he was like two inches taller he'd probably be a top 25 player but he's not so 35 it is and if i were to do this again i'd probably swap him and garland and i'd have cj 39 and garland 35 but we'll leave it we'll leave it where it is for now right okay I have a pretty interesting pick. I think this is someone, and this is my 30th pick. I think this is like the cutoff of where I'm kind of like, okay, like potential all-star Yeah, this level. is the all-star cutoff probably. You know, and this is the all-star cutoff. 
For me, a number 30 is Pascal Siakam. I like that. Yeah. I had him a couple spots lower, but I like it. I, I think, you know, he's he's proven all right already being a champion, but what the funny thing is, like, because Kawhi was there, Siakam did take a backseat. Over the last few years, Siakam has gotten better. He's taken more of a leader and offensive role on a team that technically speaking, like doesn't really have any like superstar players or anything of that caliber. Now we might be able to see that with Scotty Barnes eventually, but within the timeline, I don't know if that's exactly going to hit Siakam's second championship window or whatever. But I think for what he does in his role, keeping Toronto afloat in such a loaded East, I think both, you know, both conferences are loaded, but the fact that the Raptors are still relevant on the back of him, right, is what I think should warrant him to be the cutoff of all-star, right? Like when I see it across the league. That's how I feel about no, it. That's that's fair. Can I ask, just like for context around it too, uh, did Van Vliet make your top 50? And if so, where did you have Van Vliet? Van Vliet, I had 39. Okay. I don't hate that. I had him at 37. I had uh, Siakam at 33. Like, I just feel like they should be both around the 30s. Right, roughly, roughly in the 30s. I think Siakam, uh, just, uh, it was more of a size thing, too, with Fred. Like, I know Fred's a pretty good defender, but I was just kind of like, damn, like, can I put Fred that high? And I guess that was just kind of like my thing. Maybe I'm underselling Fred. For like what he does and what he brings to Toronto, stretching the floor, being an absolute dog. He's really good for them. He's, He's been an so too, good. Right? Yeah, like he fits Toronto's culture really like perfectly, you know? So, but I, I just felt like Siakam, I don't think the gap is super huge, but I think it's enough at the forward position to kind of put Fred down. Cause like a lot of my list too, uh, it's like as much as I love guards, like if there's a wing at the same level, like I try to like, tend to lean towards wings a little bit just because it's a like wing heavy league. It's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, honestly, that was fun. I think maybe, maybe throughout the season and we don't need to leak more of them throughout the, the, this pod, but like maybe as we go throughout the season, we can like submit, like updates of our list like oh uh, this guy, like I think I need to, Oh, like the monthly list or something. Yeah. Something like that, like a power ranking. Power um, ranking, that'd be cool. But let's move on to the next burning question here. Uh, most overrated or underrated team? I think we should just each pick one team. It could be overrated or underrated for time's sake. Because um, I don't want this to be a super long episode like the other ones were. But mm-hmm. let's. Uh, would you prefer to talk about a, 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 the most overrated team or the most underrated team? And then I'll do the other one. Um, you just pick. I'll start. I'll I'll pick my team first. But you, what do you do? Would you want to do overrated or underrated? I'll do overrated. You'll do overrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Underrated team. Take a look at my standings here. Underrated team, I think, has got to be the Raptors. Most underrated team in the league, because there's so many people, myself included have them in the play-in even vegas has them at pretty like even odds i think it was like plus one something like 180 or 200 plus 200 to make the play in so like they're they're a more likely team to make it as well um according to vegas but when you actually start looking at their team like well we just were we talked about pascal and fred van vliet who are both all-star like potential all-stars scotty barnes was the rookie of the year last year you have OG Ananobi. You have Gary Trent. Chris Boucher. Yeah, Boucher. Alana Banton. Like, am I forgetting? Probably forgetting more people too. But like, and I was listening to No Dunks earlier today too, and they, they were talking about like potential for them to trade either OG or Gary Trent if Scotty Barnes shows like all-star level improvement as well. Because if they mm. have three potential all-stars, then they can cash in on, on some other stuff and maybe get another key guy in there or get more shooting or whatever they want to do. Um, so I think they're like a sneaky, they could be a really sneaky 50 win team. 50. Mm-hmm. Damn. Hitting the big five. Oh, huh? 
Well, dude, I can we see that though. It. We literally said yeah. it in our podcast because yeah. we were saying like, in the Eastern Conference one because we were saying if the Heat or the Nets drop, and I think yeah, that those are close to fifty win teams, and and the Raptors can sneak in there. Hmm. All but right. Let's hear it. Who's who's the most overrated team in the NBA right now, Andy? Okay, in my opinion, is Brooklyn. I think people are still giving them way too much credit. Like, you know, like NBA players always talk about there's there's a difference between on court and on paper, right? And that's always like going to be the biggest stupid fucking burning question with Brooklyn. It's like, holy shit, the talent. Oh my God, I'm salivating. Like, wow, you actually have great players around, some great role players, right? I would say a lot of them can get a bucket too depth going in whether you have patty mills or tj warren right these pickups like and i think these veterans it's like okay like can you can you make it work and i think people are underestimating like at least in my opinion the ripple effect of kevin still asking for a trade and not wanting to fucking be there and he's still gonna start the season like i don't know like how I would feel, or like how you would feel, but like if I'm Kevin's teammate, it's just kind of like, no, like fuck you too, a little bit. Even though I can't do anything, it's like you're not, you weren't with the team, you weren't with the idea of us all coming together and trying to make it work. And now it's like you're forced to because you're not getting traded. And I think that's going to be a huge detriment to them coming in to the league. And that will kind of like, I'll kind of like lead to who I have as, as the hot seat of coaching uh, as well. Well, why don't you just fire that thing off then? Who's, who's on bam, the bam. hottest seat? Bam, bam. It's fucking Steve Nash, man. <laughs> I didn't expect that, honestly. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? You this think on is the, the whole year. In the whole NBA, he's probably first. You would bet on him first fire? Well, no, I think Tom. But I think he's on the hottest seat. I guess yeah, that's fair. That's a different question. That's yeah, different question. dude, he's on the hottest seat. It is spicy up in there, man. It's like holy shit. The team's even better. I mean, granted, it's like shit. You lost Harden, but on paper, on paper, on paper, it looks it looks more cohesive, you know. But we just got to really see because coach. You know, Coach Mr. Nash over here doesn't have an excuse anymore now. Barring injury, barring injury, right? Like if everybody stays healthy and just keep, they keep losing games, Steve, it's just not working for you out here. And we need to get a new coach. We need to get a new presence because like the window's small now. It's even smaller for Brooklyn. Are you so, saying KD was right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> but um, you, you kind of you already mentioned his name. I think Tom Thibodeau is on the hottest seat, just because, dude. They they the Knicks have been so good. They've been waiting, waiting, keeping the cap space, keeping the cap space. We'll get the guy. We'll get the guy, and then Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle <laughs> and Tom fucking Thibodeau. And I just, I still, like, even with him playing Quentin Grimes more, I don't have faith that he's in, he should play quickly more. I don't have faith that he's going to play these young guys enough for them to have success. Because those young guys won't even be young by the time he starts, you know, like, they'll have missed their chance to develop by the time he starts playing them. Yeah, no, no, that's facts. That's facts. Tom really, I mean, for everybody that doesn't know, Tom... We all know him as the guy that plays veterans 40 fucking minutes. Or he ran Derrick Rose into the ground. <laughs> the like ground. you already have it's Julius so Randle who's unhappy with the team. So there's yep. tension. You have the yep. biggest media spotlight in the league. You're in New York. You play for a wretched franchise in the Knicks. <laughs> like right. horrible. So I don't know. It's been a revolving door of coaches there too. I think he's been there for this will be his third season too. Like I think it's yeah. time they'll, they'll they'll easily be able to shift the blame and be like, you've been here, you haven't been able to make it work. So that's that's my guy. Right. Okay. Yeah, I know. And New York's but, fucked either way. <laughs> um <laughs> let's uh let's close out the podcast here. Um each week we're gonna pick a couple games to do game picks. Um 
I'd say on a typical week, Andy will pick a game. I'll pick a game. We'll each pick a winner. We'll keep the tally. You know how it works. Um, the first week is super easy because there's only two games on opening night. <laughs> so we're going to do those mm-hmm. two. Um, so here, how do you want to do this, Andy? I've, I've been thinking about it in my head. Do you want to just do like picking the winner or should we be able to pick like covering the spread and that would count as a win in our tally? So we could either choose the spread or the win. Yeah, like like so for example, Boston is favorite is minus two and a half versus Sixers. Right. So you could take the Sixers to only lose by two points and you would still win. Mm, I see. So Can Sixers I be honest? need to win or only lose by two. So we could it's kind of funner to like from a gambling perspective, I think it's more fun to do it like that. Okay. But it's, I guess it's up we to could you, try. Honestly. I guess we could try it. I mean, I'm definitely down if it could definitely spice things up too, especially with matchups, but I'm just for at least this week, I'm just going to choose strictly like winners. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Money line. All right. So for the Warriors, who you got and why? Oh, Sixers in Boston. Okay. I actually have the Sixers. I think they're going to come gung ho. Um, and if anything, I guess my biggest question is, like, is this the year Al Horford regresses a little bit? Because Rob Williams is going to be out for a little bit, and you're going against arguably the best offensive center in the league um, opening night. I think James Harden coming into training camp and training, he looks pretty healthy and ready to go. Tyrese has been in the lab. I think they might be a little bit hungry to try to prove very early on Hey, like you guys made the finals last year. Well, we're going to give you a run for our money, right? Because it's Boston's to lose here. Couldn't agree with you more. I got the Sixers as well. I think Maxi is going to go off. A little thirty bomb, a little thirty bomb. I don't know about that, but I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go off. Fair, fair. And then uh, right. I'll start for this next game because mm-hmm. feel free to call me a homer, but I'm going Lakers. Are you serious? Going Lakers over the Warriors, yeah. Wow. You want to know why? Why? This is the only game I can say for certain that we're going to have Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing. (laughs) And I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. And Draymond Green just punched Jordan Poole last week. So. Right. Could backfire. We got that working against us. It's fair. Sorry, I'm the opposite. I, I have the Warriors winning. I don't care, man. Yeah. Uh, it's it's but, more fun if we go against each other. Someone's got to lose. Yeah, no, Next. no. Someone's got to lose. But, um, yeah, I definitely got the Warriors. Uh, here's the thing, though. I think Lakers opening games, like, if I remember correctly, last year, they won every every opener, right? If I remember correctly. I don't know. Uh, sorry, guys. But what I was going to say is every Lakers opener game is always like super fucking intense because it's always it's gonna like... It's going to be close. It's going to be stupid be close. close. And like, that's why I was saying, like, that's when I went, I'm kind of interested in like if we were going to do the spread... Like if we were if if we were picking on the spread, would you take Lakers plus six to only lose by six points or win? Like that yeah. feels like a no brainer to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it's always sweaty. It's always against one of the best teams. LeBron's always fucking dying. Like not not dying, but I mean like holy shit, you're trying to kill the old man already. Like you know with this hot NBA game. Um, I think. I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I think it might go down with Anthony Davis missing a shot. Don't do me like that. Um, I think Golden State still has the shooters and the firepower, but I think LeBron and AD pick and roll, and then hopefully try to attempt to spread the floor. We'll see how that goes for the Lakers, right? But I just don't see that working against Golden State. At least for opening night, even as even though it's going to be close. All right, I am making an Excel sheet right now to to capture these picks. Yes, 
And it is done. We are locked in. That is the final episode of our NBA season preview, our inaugural season preview. Honestly, we started at the playoffs last season, this podcast, and it feels good, man. It feels good to, to be doing everything from the beginning. And but you have something to say? That's an interesting face you're making over there. Andy's oh, jaws dude, it, just dropped for everyone listening right now. <laughs> I don't know what he's looking I, at. I have a terrible misconception about Lakers opening games. Holy fucking shit. They haven't won one in almost five fucking years. No, they always lose. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I said that. They always lose and it's relatively close. Sometimes they get blown close. out when it's the Clippers. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Uh, yeah, when we play no, the no, Clippers no. opening night, we lose. That's crazy. Last year was Golden State and you lost by seven. So, I mean, things are what different now. What did I now. say? Close game. Close, Close game. game, for sure. For sure. Yeah, let's see. History will probably repeat itself here. All right. We're locked in on the game picks. We are tracking them. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to like make each other do some stupid shit, like a payoff bet, mm. if, we, uh, if we lose throughout the course of the season. We'll let people figure that out, or we'll figure it out. Ideas will come. But that's going to wrap up, wrap up our 2022-23 uh, season preview. We covered the Western Conference. and Well, we covered the Eastern Conference in Part 1. We covered the Western Conference in Part 2. And you're now listening to Part 3, our burning questions before NBA tip-off. Uh, if, you, if you're listening to this Part 3, go check out Parts 1 and 2. I feel like they're, they're pretty dope. We went into mm-hmm. more detail in this one. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to do it for us. You'll see us... Uh, I think this next time you'll hear us on a podcast will be one week into the NBA regular season. Ooh, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers. Peace. I'm a